0: Oh my goodness, it is such a lovely, lovely February afternoon. The sun is shining, the sky is bright, it's no longer rainy or gloomy outside here in Dallas, Texas, and we are My Bloody Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, everything else. I'm Brian Kluger with Boomstick Comics and High Def Digest, and my, my bloody valentine, my, my 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 bloody my bloody man meat to uh, to in this podcast as well the 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 other host with the most Preston Barta happy Valentine's Day dearie thank you thank you <laughs> uh, so it is it's Valentine so it's like we're in a we're in a pattern right now where it's kind of like in between uh, Groundhog Day and valentine's day so we're gonna have like some stuff to talk about about both groundhog day and valentine's day yet on this podcast because our main event today is the first happy death day from 2017 in the most recent happy death day to you uh which comes out this weekend in theaters and if you've seen any of those movies you would know that groundhog day Kind of seems very similar, um, and then of course it's Valentine's Day is coming up. I don't know about you, Preston, but I I love to watch horror movies and bloody movies on Valentine's Day, uh, along with eating some like some like fried food and shit. I don't know why, but what about you? What do you do on Valentine's Day?
1: Um, well, my wife and I don't celebrate Valentine's Day because. Coincidentally enough, our dating anniversary falls on the same day because I was an idiot or not an idiot because I'm in the relationship with my wife, but an idiot for asking her to be my girlfriend on the 13th at midnight, which is essentially the 14th, so... Um, I don't buy any cards or anything like that for my wife. We just straight up celebrate our anniversary. And so this year we upgraded our vehicle to a minivan. So I'm going to be shaving my beard off and having a mustache like Ethan Hawke in Boyhood. <laughs> <laughs> so do you still have your Mustang? Uh, I had a Dodge Challenger. Oh, yes, and right. I, and I got, yeah, it, my dream car. I th- <laughs> Every time it passes, I see one on the highway. It just breaks my heart a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I had to get rid of my Challenger uh, once I had my son. And But um, happy to do so because, I mean, I do have a decent car that gets me from A to B. But it's just so much easier to get my son in and out of the car because having a challenger with two doors and reaching back there, moving the seat back was just a big pain in the ass. So, well, um, hey, if you, if
0: you look at the movie, get shorty, John Travolta and Dan DeVito had the cool minivan with the remote car door opener. So,
1: uh, th- that was very important to my wife. Uh, we were looking at cars and, uh, there was one that didn't have the power slide doors and, um, we found one in Oklahoma, and they shipped it for free to us in Garland, Texas, so uh, we're going to make it out and have a, a, a good spaceship.
0: <laughs> That's so good. That's so funny. So I, I'm curious, before we kind of get into this, that you, you said the date, like you asked your, uh, your wife... Out on yep. the date uh, on Valentine's Day, did you like do it like special, like special way? Like, were you like, we you be my Valentine and my girlfriend?
1: Um, well, we had been dating for a, a few weeks beforehand. Um, and then we, I took her out on a special day bef- on the 13th. Uh, in hopes to beat any valentine's day traffic at restaurants and things like that so uh and it just worked out in our schedule and so uh once the night ended uh we had met at my dad's shop and uh and i she met me there i drove her out to where we went uh, which later became the place where i asked her to marry me um but yeah i just told her at the end of the night i had a really good time and i would love to be in a relationship with you if that is something that's interesting in, that you're interested in as well and so it happened
0: and i guess she said yes
1: <laughs> yeah she she did say yes um so yeah we're it's our nine years together dating and uh, this is going to be our sixth year of marriage this year in october
0: Well played. Congratulations, Mazel Tov. Nine times. uh, Yeah. Good deal. I'm excited for you, and uh, I hope there's just lots of horror movies and blood on Valentine's Day for you both. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, She watches too many horror movies
1: with me in general, so romantic comedies are in our queue.
0: Well, most horror movies are romantic comedies. At least they start out like that.
1: Uh, though our feature presentation is a very good mixture of them both.
0: There you go. There you go. So, uh, I, I, well, good deal. We, we have bloody questions for you today. We've got uh, bloody bloody recommendations. We've got our feature presentation. But first, we got some horror news we want to fill you in on, uh, which will be quite fun. Let's start out. With, um, let's let's start out with some Tommy Wiseau. Oh,
1: go ahead. No, I thought you were going to go with some really delicious news. Are we going to save that for? but I'm okay with talking about Tommy Wiseau.
0: Yeah, let's start out. Let, let, let's get the deliciousness in the main of let's get let's, let's do some deliciousness in a little bit. But we... we yeah, I mean, make that the meat of the sandwich. It's just fun to know, Start out this podcast, you know Tommy Wiseau, you know The Room. You probably saw, if you haven't seen The Room, you probably saw The Disaster Artist with James Franco about Tommy Wiseau in The Room. It's just amazing this guy is making another movie, and this time it looks to be... Like a horror film with comedy in it, perhaps called just simply called Big Shark. Um, (laughs) Straight to the point. Straight, yeah. It's like, yeah, we're making a movie. What is it about? It's about a big shark. What's it called? Big Shark. (laughs) Just, I feel like that's his like that's his process of thinking. Why does it need to be anything else? I don't really know anybody in the movie, but uh, I'm very curious. To, besides greg
1: sestero
0: yeah as, as, besides greg sestero but i mean i would imagine like some pretty like a or even b list actors jumping on board with tommy Wiseau just because to be a part of what he does but uh I, yeah it plans to shoot this year and be released this year so <laughs> um there's uh even uh, a I guess it I mean it's
1: shows actual footage is it not just like the straight up teaser trailer? Yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah, for sure. So uh I mean they got some shark shots in there and um some CGI water.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, yeah just CGI. Yeah, supposedly the movie hasn't started filming yet. <laughs> so but what we see in this this he probably just made by himself? I don't know, but I'm just very excited about this for some reason. It it basically centers on a shark terrorizing New Orleans, so um there you go. Yeah. <laughs> we will be there, hopefully, Preston, first night. <laughs> and if we can get Tommy Wise out on the podcast, that would be... Um- Oh my
1: gosh. Like, I don't even want to know like what that would be like. I would just want like want to know, six
0: hours of him talking about yeah. whatever.
1: <laughs> and then if he, he question our, like, like what are you, are y'all with variety or something? No, we're, we're just my bloody podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'd be so good. So yeah, look out for big shark. We'll update you. Um, Later, but I like <laughs> a lot of people who have written about this online instead of, you know, doing the, the iconic line. Oh, hi, Mark. They're like, oh, hi, Shark. Hi, Shark. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's pretty good. That's pretty good. So, um, all right. Uh, moving on a little bit. Uh, let's do some Child's Play news. We've talked about Child's Play. There's going to be a new Child's Play movie, a new Child's Play TV series. I guess the TV series is called Chucky. Uh, just simply Chucky, and it will center on new characters. But we did see a new trailer for the yes. d- Child's Play. Is this the series or the or the movie? I can't. This remember. is
1: the this is the movie.
0: Okay. So the trailer was for the new movie, right? Okay. So it was like I think it was thirty or fifty seconds long, and they showed some good stuff. They did not show Chucky in this one yet. Uh, but they well, the sh- they
1: they kind. They showed him in like shots of his like profile and things like that, but we didn't get to hear we don't he- we didn't hear his voice or anything. So that was like the big thing for me that I was looking for because the tone of the trailer and seeing uh, Aubrey Plaza in it and the kid uh, looks like a good casting choice. He seems very believable, and, uh, committed to the role. And but you know I think we've mentioned it before when we were. Uh, you know, just breaking the news that this movie was going to go into production, um, that it was going to be close to the plot of Small Soldiers, that uh, Voodoo and Serial Killer, I believe, is just completely tossed out of the window. And so we're just dealing with advanced technology and robotics. Yeah, an AI
0: gone awry.
1: Yeah, so just like Small Soldiers.
0: So, I mean, the trailer looks good. I don't – I mean, yeah. I'm not sold on it yet, but, like, for 30 seconds, sure.
1: But yeah. I really – I think the, the one I saw was a little over a minute, maybe a minute and 15 seconds or so. Okay, okay.
0: Uh, is, is Brad Dourif returning for The Voice?
1: Uh, I haven't heard anything. I, I tried to look into it because that's what I was waiting for. I was like, maybe at the end of it we'll get to hear what he sounds like. And – um. So I yeah, I couldn't find any information on it yet, so i i i th- I would think if Don Mancini is not supporting it then brad dwarf i don't I think he is not attached to it at all. And he's just completely focused on the TV show with Don.
0: Right. So, so the TV show on sci fi, all the original creators are doing it, but not this new movie. But supposedly, Don Mancini and the original people are going to do their own sequel to The Last Cult of Chucky. Yes. So there's like three so, universes now that I'm really pissed about. <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're just gonna do uh, into the Chucky verse or something,
0: which sounds fun, but <laughs> yeah. very. I confusing. mean, it just
1: uh, for me, it really all depends on uh, Chucky's performance and how he sounds, and because. Uh, we've mentioned it before with Jackie Earl Haley as Freddie wasn't a good Freddie just didn't really capture that uh, sort of character that we're used to. And so I think we just need to find something that's new, it, but yet pays homage to uh, the original and that's certainly up for debate, but I'm kind of glad that they didn't at this uh, kind of glad that they didn't show, or we didn't get to hear his voice because I mean, as we saw with the Aladdin trailer, uh, you can shoot your load pretty quick.
0: <laughs> oh, the Aladdin trailer. Okay, side note. Aladdin trailer from Disney. We're going to talk about it on this horror podcast because it was pretty fucking horrifying. Um, yes. And does it... It's like... I have not been a fan of the Disney Live remakes, like, at all. Mine is maybe Jungle Book here and there, but I've never watched it again. Cinderella. I like Cinderella. I, I fucking hated Cinderella. And uh, I, I did, like Cinderella. Didn't like it. Didn't like the last. We Beauty both hated Beauty uh, and, Beauty and, Beauty and, and Beast. the Beast. Um, but they're do, we're doing Lion King, and now we saw a thing for Aladdin. And good God, like, yeah, Will Smith like, as the genie. It, it just looks like Will Smith in Tobias Fumke makeup. And it's horrifying. And he's, yeah. and he's human. Like, it, interesting, like, it looked like a human genie, but in, like, the cartoon, it seemed like he was, like, an otherworldly being. Uh, and here, it just looks like, oh, it's Will Smith playing Will Smith in blue makeup. Ugh. give me a break.
1: Yeah, um, well, the early stills, early uh, movie stills that were released through like entertainment weekly or something. Uh, they showed him in like human form and it just looked like Will Smith with the, you know, shaved head, but it had a little man bun type thing at the top. And, um, I remember people kind of criticizing that, but still not just completely shoving it aside. But I think everybody just stopped on this as soon as that trailer hit. uh, me included. Uh, all the good headlines were that oh they blew it with you know blue B L U E has a pun, um, and yeah it just does not it does not look good and so um, I I haven't been a fan of a lot of the stuff that Guy Ritchie's done lately. I like his style at least in like the early to late 2000s, but uh, since then just kind of fallen off his rocker. So I think this was uh dead from the start and so i'm um, still gonna see it um but i imagine i'm gonna it's gonna be a torturous experience just like beauty and the beast was for me
0: right we're gonna look at each other 10 minutes in the, the film yeah, and be like, like, this, this is awful this
1: is a yeah. huge
0: piece of shit okay right Segue. Yes, segue. Moving on to something that's not a huge piece of shit, but as Preston alluded to earlier, very delicious. Preston, what amazing news did you and I both receive?
1: Yes. I mean, we eat pieces of shit like this for breakfast. It's so good. <laughs> uh, we got word that the witch, the Vivitch, is heading to 4K in April, late April. And, uh, I think I can speak for both of us that we're super fucking excited about this because The Witch is one of our favorite movies in general, uh, along with the year that it came out, I believe 2016. And, um, it's been a film that we've been championed since, uh, we saw it at Fantastic Fest and just, uh, t- to see it in 4K, especially cause it's like one of the best shot horror films, um. In a long time, uh, right there with Hereditary, just in terms of lighting and color and uh, depth of field, I just think it would look uh, immaculate in the 4K presentation. And on top of all the sounds of it being set in the woods and just hearing snaps of uh, tree limbs and branches and uh, hearing Black Phillip whisper sweet nothings into your ear, it's just going to be fantastic.
0: Yeah, uh, super, super awesome. Uh, Very excited. The Blu-ray came out. We've talked about the Blu-ray. It doesn't look like anything new. Bonus feature-wise is going to be here, but still, no 4K stunning cinematography in this movie is going to be amazing to see the difference between Blu-ray and 4K here, with all like kind of like the natural or even like decaying, wilted colors in the forest. Um, yeah. As well as I cannot wait to see. I've been waiting for it. The last scene with Black Philip, who turns into the devil. I can't wait to see how well that looks with all the different black levels here, and see like if we see anything new. So very very excited uh, about that, and um, we get Blu Ray and digital copy with it. So uh, yeah, we're we are very excited. Thank you for finally releasing this in four K. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. Uh, A little Mondo news. Last week, if you listened to the show, we had Spencer Hickman and Mo Shafiq from Mondo joining us for the show, talking about They Live. Mondo uh, is set to release the second volume of The Last of Us score this month. Um, The Last of Us, of course, is the hit, huge, amazing, iconic zombie video game. If you haven't played it, it is so good. Um... They're doing a Last of Us 2 sequel, uh, but The Last of Us, probably the opening gameplay to this game, which is about 20 minutes, is probably far the best one you'll ever see. But in the music and score to it is amazing. Starting on Valentine's Day, you'll be able to pre-order the new 2LP set uh, that features artwork by Sam Wolf Conley. And uh, yeah, the... The artwork, the vinyl, the sound, the, the music to it, it's great. Uh Preston, if you played video games, I know for a fact this would be right up your alley because it is a great video game, slow burn, methodic goodness and scary as hell. Well, I think you know the
1: answer to that question.
0: That someday, sometime, <laughs> somewhere you will. <laughs> So so yes, good to Mondo. Um, I'll just one more little bit of news, or if Preston has another bit, I just had to get this off the chest. Eli Roth, the horror maestro, uh, well, I don't know if he's a maestro, but Eli Roth, who gave you Cabin Fever and Green Inferno and Hostel 1 and 2. Um, he is going to be making a new horror movie for Miramax. Uh, I'm not sure what it is. I mean, he did *Death Wish* and *The House with the Clock in Its Walls* recently, but he has a a new um, a, a new horror movie, which I guess is starting. Principal photography in Massachusetts later this month. So if it's in Massachusetts, I wonder if it's going to be related to witches. I don't know. But I'm not sure what's going on. Perhaps maybe he will be making his Thanksgiving feature film from his trailer from Grindhouse. I don't know. But um, mm. do you know anything about this? Mm, nope, I do not.
1: So. Sounds sounds interesting. But yeah, I mean, you said it with uh, Eli Roth, like you can uh you're just like okay um maybe it'll be good maybe it won't probably not but give him the shot every time
0: yeah yeah for sure um yeah um, i i mean i want to like eli roth i don't i don't know some stuff i like some stuff i don't but we'll see we'll keep you posted on eli roth he's
1: good as the bear jew
0: the bear the bear jew (laughs) <laughs> it's it's such a great role Alright Preston before we move on to bloody questions Is there any other piece of news You want to release
1: Yes I want to talk a little bit about uh, The Poison Ivy collection That is out today Tuesday February 12th Just in time for Valentine's Day um, Some hot
0: ladies In those movies uh, Yeah um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah so I watched The entire collection and I had never seen any of them. I think uh, my wife has, because we were watching a little bit of it. And she's like, I remember this scene. And it was from like the second or third one. I believe it's the second one. Um, but uh, yeah, th- these movies start from like trashy lifetime kind of movie. Okay. And quickly, like I'm talking super quick, just completely dives nose First into Skinamax territory, which it essentially is by uh, the second to third one. Third one's completely that way. And then the fourth one as well. But um, the first one has uh, Drew Barrymore in it. And it came out in 92, I believe, 92 or 93. And also has Sarah Gilbert from um, Roseanne. Yeah, and
0: and this is only like, I think, 10 years after E.T. for Drew Barrymore.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, she was, uh, I I mean, I looked it up. Like, the year that the movie came out, she was 17, so she may have been 16 when they shot it. And some of the stuff that they shoot, you're like, Jesus Christ. But thankfully, it was, uh, or fortunately, it was shot by a woman. Um, So the first two films in the franchise are shot by women. And then, you know, when you get to the third and fourth one, which is straight up, just sleazy, uh, uh, softcore porn. It's directed by men. So go figure. Um, right,
0: right. And it, with the poison Ivy, there are all four films are just like generally about kind of the same thing. Right. Uh,
1: yeah. Um, at least, well, the, the beginning of each film kind of teases you to believe that it's going to be something else entirely. And the second one is, but the second one I cannot like make heads or tails of it. It just, um, I have no idea what was going on there. Like they tried to set it in a college setting because the first one takes place in high school with uh, uh, Sarah Gilbert being kind of like uh, completely s- totally different attitude uh, compared to, or, or I guess uh, – the certain expectations that they're putting uh, the parents that are putting on her do not align with uh, what she, the kind of lifestyle that she leads. So uh, she befriends uh, Drew Barrymore's character named Ivy or at least She's given that name and uh, Ivy strikes up a relationship with uh, Sarah Gilbert's character's father and David, uh, death happens people falling off the ledges almost everyone involves like somebody falling off of a ledge or the stairs or something but um yeah pretty much each one the third one is pretty much a carbon copy of the first one and then the fourth one brings in like this whole society type thing so maybe a little more up your alley (laughs) brian in terms of uh uh, eyes wide shut, kind of thing. <laughs> but, um,
0: you know me so well.
1: Yeah. But, um, yeah, th- these movies just, it depends on your taste. If you like, uh, stuff like Fifty Shades of Grey or those, like, sexy romance novels that you'll see in the dollar section at, uh, Walmart or something, where it shows, like, a you know, a guy with, like, 18 abs and, uh, water, water all over his body cowboy hat and that sort of thing. This may be your sort of thing. Uh, the first one's okay. And then, uh, they just get progressively worse. So just depends on uh, your taste entirely, but not necessarily my cup of tea, but But it was interesting to watch it all.
0: Right, and if you if you it's a Scream factory release, so they have bonus features uh they're not too many though
1: um uh, I think it just has a new audio commentary with uh, the director of the first one and trailers, and that's it but each one comes with like a theatrical and unrated cut. I watched all the unrated cuts and I do have to mention real quickly the third one has a really fantastic opening uh because it'll uh, it, it just uh, teases you to believe That it's going to go in one direction And then takes another one So, uh, Brian, if you get to this uh, Let me know what you think of that uh, thir- The third one that has Jamie Presley in it uh, What that what that opening is does for you
0: I will definitely I, I will mention it on the show When I get to that Because I do have the collection And I've seen the first two before this uh, but Like before it came out But I haven't seen three or four So I will give yeah. it a shot
1: Leo's in the first one for seven seconds. <laughs> <laughs> like his name was like I feel like it was like third billing, uh, almost top billing. And then I could I was looking for him I could not find him I was like was he one of those kids and I was like no, and then I had to Google search it and then I found him I
0: was like you can't even tell that's
1: him so. Uh, it's probably something that he's running away from entirely.
0: Why? Own that shit. It's amazing. Um, all right. So that that uh, concludes our news section here. Uh, get that Scream Factory Poison Ivy if you want to dive into that rabbit hole. Uh, but let's move on to my bloody question, which was an excellent one. It was a, oh, it was so good today. <laughs> We've got some great answers on Reddit. This is where we ask a, que- a horror question. We answer them. Uh, we put the question on Reddit and have our fans uh, answer them, too. We'll read them off. Uh, but Preston, give me uh, what you-, you came up with a question, man. So uh, announce it, please. Yeah,
1: so uh, which horror character would you hire as your babysitter?
0: <laughs> yeah, which horror character would you hire as a babysitter? So I, I put out, so my answer I put out on Reddit, I was like, so you're going out of town with your loved one, or your group of friends for the night, and your kid or kids need a babysitter. Parents are out of town, and the regular babysitter is out doing lord knows what. Now you have no choice but to hire a character from a horror movie to babysit your kids. Who do you choose and why? Of course, my answer was I choose Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs because he will teach your kids about what pain really is. (laughs) No fucking way. (laughs) No fucking way. I mean, uh,
1: I guess you could rest assured that the kids wouldn't go anywhere because they would just be down in the well and they would have really soft skin, but then you would have to pump the brakes before he pushed on the accelerator
0: <laughs> i don't know that's who i would hire
1: but he he as he says i like a big old fat girl so he'll hit he, i don't think he'll watch my
0: my child uh <laughs> thanks <Thankfully. funny. laughs> uh, <that's laughs> all right awful. press it who did you choose before we read the reddit ones
1: um so yeah i i think the you know the immediate thought you know that crosses your mind is probably laurie strode from like the first one um But and I think somebody on Reddit pointed that out, too. It's pretty obvious one. But um, and then your mind may wonder, like, who is the most badass character that I can just fully trust that they'll protect my child or children? Um, And my pick is Eric Draven from The Crow, uh, Brandon Lee's character, because. He is somebody who will, point, who will put his own self-interest aside and will uh, completely bring his heart and his strength and skill to the table to make sure um, he, down to his dying breath uh, he will protect your child. So he is my pick.
0: Uh, I like that. When you said a most badass one, I was like, Oh shit, he's gonna pick Snake Pliskin to do this. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um no. but okay. I gotta feel good about it though. Yeah, you, know, you can feel good all right, all right. I went a different way, but that's me. Um let's go to the Reddits. The Reddit, the Reddit uh, message boards we asked the question Scarlet uh, Benyolwa's 79 said I'm gonna go ahead and say Lori Strode but to each their own and I, I responded with it's the safe bet yes I mean she did protect everyone and then Redactive3D said except her daughter's husband he died <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's because he got peanut butter on his penis and he had to die.
0: That's, that's, I, exactly. Some, but PM me your eyebrows said, I got peanut butter on my penis. (laughs) Um, movie Mike 007 said, Aaron from your necks cause she won't take any shit. And that was the, I guess the main, uh, lady with the ax. So there you go. Uh, small, but bigger said mama. I just hope she doesn't get too attached. Uh, from the the horror movie Mama So I said Could Mama be the same Or related to the Babadook Could they make a killer Babysitting duo mm. So There was that um, And then Geister said It depends When my kids are being Little shits I'm tempted To hire Freddy Krueger Otherwise Probably the Warrens From the Conjuries, Conjuring series The kids would get Freaked out By it But they'd probably be safe So Thought that was decent Yeah uh, Spider Gwen Stacy said, Wendy Torrance, she's a wonderful woman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Um, Ninja Sound 12 said Ripley, and then I responded with, which Alien movie in Ninja Sound 12 responded with, the unmade one from Neil Blomkamp. So there's that one. And then one of my favorite ones, the uh, teleported... To Mars said the aunt from sleepaway camp. Yeah, maybe she'd want to turn me into a girl, but she's entertaining. <laughs> Which far out. That's pretty good. Uh, Ghostface two fifteen said Billy Loomis. We'd watch scary movies and play horror trivia all night. And then uh, Rich and said Julian Sands from Warnlock. <laughs> I bet he'd do it for free. <laughs> that's a so uh, those are the um, the the responses we've got from Reddit so far. We thank you. If you have any other responses, please email them to mybloodypodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. If there are any uh, new ones that are worthy of being mentioned, we will read them next week. But as for now, that was our amazing bloody question. Did you agree with any of those, Preston? I,
1: I would agree with probably Laurie Strode. Um, uh, Your next would be a good one, um, and yeah, that's probably where I draw the line. <laughs> you took this seriously, way too seriously.
0: You gotta have Ripley
1: to. from the second one from <laughs> Aliens. Yeah, that's a good one too. <laughs>
0: Why not the greasy strangler or something like that? Or Dr. Giggles, he's a doctor. I
1: don't know. Do you want your kid to have Trump be traumatized?
0: Yes. <laughs> so dad you would be. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's good stuff. All right. Let's move on to my bloody recommendations. Um, Preston. This uh, well, for those of you who are just joining us for the first time ever, which is crazy. My bloody recommendation is where we recommend a horror movie, new, vintage, old, brand new uh, to you that might be available online, video, Blu-ray, 4K, or in the theaters, and we just want to tell you to see it. You have to see it, revisit it, or something. Uh, but uh, Preston, uh, it being Valentine's Day and all, is there anything? related to valentine's day that you picked today for your recommendation
1: god how did you know oh my god is it so is it so obvious <laughs> uh yeah i picked 2001's valentine
0: the, the uh, are, are you talking about the one with Catherine heigl and denise richard and angel from buffy in it
1: yes that's
0: right. Yes. It's a it's a new collectors edition Scream Factory release and actually this movie's pretty good. I like this movie. Yeah, it's uh, I mean it's done by
1: Jamie Blanks so and he did uh, Urban Legend and I, those movies go hand in hand. Almost structured the same way. Um and with like a same kind of like twisted reveal at the end. Um,
0: Which I feel so th- like when I first saw the movie in 2001, I did not predict that. <laughs> it's kind of like almost yeah. a Yeah, along, the like, movie twist. does a
1: pretty good job of, uh, I guess I should say briefly, uh, that the movie is just about a Cupid masked killer Um, who kills these 20-something-year-olds, I guess these sexually frustrated Um, 20-something-year-olds. But the movie opens with a young kid being traumatized at a Valentine's Day dance. And he goes up to all these different girls and asks if he can dance with them, and then uh, he finally starts uh, making out with uh, one of the one of the girls under the bleachers and then is teased for it and is stripped down and just completely traumatized in the same vein of uh, as Jason Voorhees and then uh, we cut to a couple, uh, I think like a decade later yeah, and many,
0: yeah, many, yeah many years later I guess
1: <laughs> and uh, uh, we are reintroduced to the characters as adults Um Minus the kid that's traumatized, and then a mass killer is going around killing people, picking them off one by one. And uh, so you, as the audience member, are trying to figure out who is this mass killer. And I think it's pretty apparent from the get-go that it is the kid from the beginning. But we do not know what the kid looks like, and for all we know, he could have changed his name, could have changed his face, could have done anything. And so uh, it just becomes a guessing game. And it's a bit of a fun guessing game because you'll be like, I think it's this person. And then they'll show something and you're like, well, shit, I was wrong. <laughs> um, so uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, it, it, it is like uh, a lot of 2000s mainstream horror movies where, you know, you got like rock music, that, that same style of like Scream and Urban Legend. It's, it's got that. Almost the exact same style. So uh if you like those, perfectly enjoyable film. And so uh yeah, Scream Factory released it. It's got some new interviews with some of the cast members. Um like uh what's her name? Uh da, 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 Marley Shelton, who will forever be Wendy Peffercorn from the Sandlot. Sandlot. So she comes and does interviews and then Denise Richard does interviews and Uh, Some of the other uh, women that are in the film. And so it's just a nice uh, retrospective that you get from these uh, actors uh, reminiscing about their uh, experience on the film and how great it was working with the director. And it also comes with some really long B-roll footage of the film, which I found really interesting because you got a taste of like how these actors operate on set Um, and it, it felt really intimate. Like you got to see Catherine Heigl be like, no, I don't want to do that again. Or whatever she does. And so, um, and then like how they'll just like each actor will just, when it comes to like their death scene, be like, you want me to do it like this? So it's a lot of fun. Um, so more than just the film, I think the, the box art, all the bonus features are a lot of fun. So it's a, it's a great last minute. Uh, goodbye for Valentine's Day. If you order it through Amazon, you have Amazon
0: Prime. Boom, got it right there. And I'll add to the, add to Preston's thing of uh, saying that the music of the film uh, was composed by Don Davis who did all the music for The Matrix trilogy, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot of you know that heavy rock in the in the movie too, which is really funny so uh but yeah um valentine good good recommendation good sir um my bloody recommendation this week is a movie from 1985 it is simply titled hell hole <laughs> mm-hmm. hell hole it is a scream factory release as well um blu-ray dvd combo pack and the um the the tagline to it is captives, stripped naked, forced to submit to the ultimate experiment. Pray they don't succeed. So this movie is actually quite fun. And very ridiculous. So the movie was directed by a guy named Pierre DeMauro in 1985 and is about uh, you know a bunch of women in an insane asylum. Uh, These women one of the women like Valentine, somebody uh towards the beginning of the film, they they've had like they've witnessed the death of their mother and stuff like that. They're in an insane asylum. And uh they're all brought in to this place where the doctor, uh, who is a woman, and the nurse who is a woman, subject all of these innocent women to horrible and diabolical experiments. Um and it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch. You know, they, the, a lot of these women, you know, kind of like sick in the head. So like they will do anything to get, uh, their, their dose of their daily medicine, which, you know, more or less leads to a lot of lesbian sex or, uh, torture from the guards or fights in prison, um, The horror aspect, yeah, it's a little bit there, but I think it's more, you know, it's more classy. There's more nudity in it. (laughs) I don't know if that's really a thing, but uh, it's a fun movie still from the the mid-'80s where all these women are being subjected to all of this crazy stuff. Um, But, yeah, I think you could watch this, you know, with some friends late at night, and it's just kind of like a fun 80s movie to watch like on a very low budget, you're like, "Oh, why haven't they remade this one yet?" And I feel like they could, you know, with all like the the big, you know, women empowerment movement. Um, that would be kind of a fun movie to remake with, you know, A-list actors. I'm talking about Sandra Bullock like get the Oceans 8 cast in here for Hellhole. I'm in. Um, but video and audio look well, uh, and the special features uh have new interviews with some of the uh, actors in the film along with the trailer to the movie if you're looking for a fun uh fun horror film uh that has you know a lot of like risque stuff in it check out Hellhole. Hole have you seen it Preston? I haven't but it's
1: been on my list
0: alright get it on that list but yeah Hellhole Hole and Valentine good stuff for Valentine's Day do it do it do it um but I think that brings us to the main event of the day uh, of course, we are talking about Happy Death Day 1 and Happy Death Day 2 You, which releases this weekend in time for Valentine's Day. Actually, I think it releases tomorrow, tomorrow for Valentine's 13th. Day. Yeah, sure. the, the, the uh, Wednesday the 13th. So um, we're excited about this. So the first film, Happy Death Day... Actually, is a pretty cool movie. So the director of Happy Death Day, um, Christopher Landon, was has been around for since Blumhouse really got their start with the Paranormal Activity movies. Um, This guy wrote Disturbia, and he wrote most of the Paranormal Activity movies, and he finally got to direct The Marked Ones, and then his fun as hell zombie movie, Scouts Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse with Boy Scouts. Pretty fun, and then of course, Happy Death Day 1 and Happy Death Day 2. So what is Happy Death Day really about? I think you can kind of combine it with like a 90s slasher movie, but put in Bill Murray's Groundhog Day... And mix the two up And you get happy death day Because basically There's this woman in the movie named Tree Actually her name's Teresa But her name's Tree uh, And she's in the dorm room uh, And her roommate Gives her a cupcake She doesn't take it She's uh, she's having an affair With one of the deans And all of a sudden you know, During her day she is killed by a mass killer Only to wake up the the same day the previous day and relive it all over again just like Bill Murray but Bill Murray is trying to do something good here this chick is just trying not to get killed well she gets killed every single day she can't figure it out she's trying to tell people about it she's trying to do different scenarios she's constantly getting killed uh, Preston is it, isn't that that's what the death days all about right pretty pretty much we we don't know
1: how it happened. We don't know. We, we're just kind of thrusted into the situation, thrown into it. And, um, and that's what makes it fun, because a lot of my favorite horror movies, as we've mentioned with movies like uh, A Quiet Place, like you just don't know what caused the, the main uh, plot to come about. And so all we know is just that she's just trying to figure out who her killer is. And she dies multiple times uh, to try to figure it out. Um, And yeah, the movie is so much fun. Um, I was very late to seeing it because when I saw the trailer, uh, admittedly, I was like, "Ah, I I just don't think I have it in me to watch another movie like this. Because I I reacted the same way to Edge of Tomorrow with uh, Tom Cruise, which is a, a Kick-Ass movie, which they later retitled Live, Die, Repeat. And um, I think that came out a few years beforehand, and uh, I just wasn't down for this whole type of storyline again. But um, one day I just was like, all right, let's do it. I got to watch this. And then I watched it, and I was like, god damn, that was just the most fun I had watching like a horror comedy Uh, since like Cabin in the Woods I think it's uh, it's on that level in terms of it's got a lot of uh, surprises uh, a lot of creativity uh, the way that they um, like so every time she gets uh, killed it it harms her body in a way it causes some trauma to her body and so there's consequences there it's not like she can just you know it's kind of like the 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 rabbit hole of thought you can get into if you start thinking about movies that have time travel, where you're like, well, if I screw up, I can just start all over again and just keep going and going and going. Uh, this one, because it provides consequences, it makes it more fun, it makes it more grounded, and and enjoyable. Yeah, and it um, makes like a because-
0: whole like time loop thing. It adds like another layer of of depth here, which because I think. It- parts in the first one uh like some of her injuries from the past l- day loops kind of like affect her, which we never saw really with groundhog day but i just thought that kind of added like oh that, i didn't even think that could be possible but that's kind of cool mm-hmm. so. and
1: the actors that are in it um very good very charming um What's their names? Jessica uh, Roth,
0: Israel Brassard, and Ruby Modine.
1: Yes. Um, all of them are very good, and uh, especially Jessica. She really carries the film, especially for somebody, you know, if you walk into Happy Death Day, you're like, um, I, I've never seen her before, but yet, man, she's just uh, a huge talent and really carries the film. And then uh, Israel Brassard. Um, as her counterpart is just a very charming guy. Just seems like an everyday type of dude. Um, a lot of like the dialogue it, um, feels natural and genuine and how they, their thought process, thought processes, um, thought processes. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, feel like, 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 Like they're serving, they're the audience surrogates. Like they're they're operating like we are as the audience, where we're trying to figure it out, and they they go about it in a realistic way. So, um, just in all, it's just a very charming, enjoyable film. Uh, It doesn't lean too heavily into the horror aspects of it. I mean, it does have like your slasher killer guy that's chasing her around, but the movie has a very meta humor type of approach um where it pokes fun at the genre and um romantic comedy genre and it just has a lot of fun with that and so um it's just smart a very smart film an enjoyable film cute um so perfect date movie i think that's the quote that's on the back of the cover it's a perfect date movie and and i can totally see why that the sequel is coming out on Valentine's Day because it's a good uh, date movie. Also a good date movie.
0: And oddly enough, this movie was announced ten years ago and was slated to have Megan Fox attached to star, but didn't happen. Um, and we got well, we that's got, good. Yeah, that is good. So we got this, and um, the movie had a less than five million dollar budget, ended up making over one hundred twenty-five million. So of course. Happy Death Day—that's we like. They did a sequel, you know, about a year later, and uh, which is Happy Death Day to You, um, which comes out this Valentine's Day, and unfortunately, I was not able to watch it last night, but Preston did, and from what I've read about it and heard about it so far, it really gets into the sci-fi realm. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, it, and it looks like there's, you said like into like the spider verse, like there looks like there's going to be like into the happy death day verse here.
1: Yeah. Um, I, you know, what you want from a sequel is for it to be different and not feel like a carbon copy in the movie opens up in a way where it makes you believe that oh it's just going to be this again but this person or and then it's just going to be her helping this person figure it out um, but then it just uh, goes in a complete different direction um, and then it's a whole different thing uh, I don't want to spoil anything because it, it is a very enjoyable film um, but I think you should go in if you love the first one you need to uh moderate your expectations a little bit because it's it's a very silly movie um it 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 may not lean in the horror stuff but it really leans into the goofy stuff so um it's kind of like um you could feel that maybe the producers blumhouse or whoever uh was like okay they liked this the they loved all the funny stuff. Bring some more of that. Lego movies doing really well. Spider Man in Spider Verse. Uh, I mean, this because I, I imagine they were shooting this before Spider Man came out. But um, it's just the type of type of uh, comedy that's just working today. People like to uh, for actors and filmmakers to just uh, open up everything of what's going all the problems that are going on in the world and all the movies that are coming out and just have fun with it but i think if i were to watch the second one uh again um it probably wouldn't have as much power in terms of comedy but it does have a lot of heart i have to say um there's a there's a a side plot with, uh, the main girl, uh, from the first one tree, uh, tree. And, um, in the first film, we got a tease that, you know, her mother is not around. Uh, she died. And in this one, we get a, a further, we dive further into that and we get a backstory. We get a more, more of an understanding of how that, Uh, has caused her to end up where she is and the strong person that she is. And so that part of the film is the best part of the film. And I got choked up and emotional like I did in A Quiet Place. And so I think that will surprise audiences that it has that. Yeah, that it has that level of emotion to it and depth to it. Um, That's the Biggest takeaway, but I think you will recognize pretty early on how silly the movie can be. Uh, For instance, uh, the worst one to me was – if you've seen the trailer, you see her wearing like a bikini and she jumps out of an airplane without a parachute. And so she lands to her death in front of somebody that she's trying to get their attention and the camera like freeze frames on her like giving the finger or something like that, and it's just it's just that level of absurdity and stupidity, and so uh, and it's just everywhere it's littered everywhere, and so it's still enjoyable. It has a really good energy, just like the first one. Um, it does reveal what is causing the the, the loop, so. That takes away from the power and the intrigue of the first one, but you know it's a sequel. Where, where else can you go but try to further explain things? So it goes. It goes the direction that it needs to, but um, not as good as the first, but still very entertaining and enjoyable. And as I said, a lot of, a lot of heart to it. Just loved, loved that relationship with the mother.
0: Good, good. I can't believe it. You heard it here first. Preston's first tear jerker movie of the year, a horror movie. Yeah. Happy Death Day to you. Um. So yeah, I, my my writer Janet White, she said she didn't expect it to be a comedy, and she says Final Destination meets Groundhog Day meets Scooby Doo. Is that
1: accurate?
0: Or uh, yeah, bit?
1: that's pretty. That's pretty accurate. Um. It. I guess because maybe like the first, final edition, the second one, um, which are probably my favorite ones out of all of them. And that, that level of, uh, like horror and, th- uh, thrills, but yeah, the Scooby-Doo, like wh- who is it? Who, who's the killer this time? And, uh. What's all this mean? And so, uh, yeah, definitely there. And then, yeah, of course, you know, Groundhog they they poke fun. Of. They also poke fun of at uh, at Back to the Future because of the whole uh, sci-fi element that you brought up. Um, so yeah, I, I think this one is even less of a horror movie. And I do have to say the the horror stuff involved in this one, uh, and it has some good scenes. But when it comes down to like finding out who it is. It's just not as impactful as the first one. Um, it also kind of, there's a, oh, stay, stay through the credits because there's uh, more to it. I think, like, I don't think there's one at the very, very end, but kind of like Marvel when you watch it through the first layer of uh, credits where it's just like just actor's name uh, one at a time versus the scroll. Uh, there's a pretty long sequence that gives you. Uh, teases as to what could happen going forward, and so at this point, it's just pivoting as, in terms of genre and tone, and so it's just fun. Like it's just a movie that's constantly evolving, and, and that's very admirable. But um, I say, think that the first one will probably forever be the best one out of all of them.
0: Does Sam Jackson come in and was like, "We need to get a team together." <laughs> <laughs> would be awesome also the guy who does the music to these movies bear mccrary we love him uh bear mccrary is amazing he did stuff for uh everly and for Battlestar galactica tv series from the early 2000s um all good stuff but yeah blumhouse production jason blum christopher landon and uh hopefully there's a universe in this one too we'll see Yeah, it's it's a good time. Both films are a good time. Valentine's
1: a good time. I need to see a hell hole. So uh, stuff to watch this weekend for Valentine's Day.
0: It is good. We hope you have a bloody happy Valentine's Day as well. We are My Bloody Podcast. We will be back next week with another exciting episode. Um, And I'm gearing up for uh, St. Patrick's Day coming up in March because that means we get to talk about all the Leprechaun movies. Oh my god. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. Uh, I'm Brian Kluger, Boomstick Comics and High Def Digest, and Preston can be found all over them internets at at Preston
1: Barta, B-A-R-T-A on Twitter and Instagram where I'm more active posting daily recommendations and uh, uh, sh- showing like cool cover art and that sort of thing. And then you can find my writing, writings, on Ditton, on the Ditton Record Chronicle, Ditton, D-E-N-T-O-N-R-C.com. Uh, look up the movie section under the entertainment Column And you'll find some of my most recent interviews and reviews, including uh, Happy Death Day to You, which will be coming uh, tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, February 13th, when the movie comes out. So, uh, yeah, as you said, you heard it here first, so go see it. And then I'm also the features editor of FreshFiction.TV, where we also have interviews with the director Uh, Courtney Howard, one of our writers at FreshFiction.tv, she did a very emotional interview with the director and it was really good and so I would recommend checking that out on FreshFiction.tv including her review and so good stuff everywhere.
0: Very cool, very cool, yeah, check them out. It's amazing. Happy Death Day to you coming out. We'll be back next week, my bloody podcast. Thank you, Preston. Thank you.